No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how to boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. Wherever you are, wherever you are, wherever you are, it's Monday night, and you're live with another edition of the Daily Boogie Podcast. Thank you for joining us. As always, tonight's recommended drink is cheap box wine. Tonight's recommended snack, bland, brand, no name, crackers. This is the official wine and crackers broadcast right here on D-Line. Thank you for joining us, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. It's an absolute pleasure to see you there. I hope you had a lovely weekend because I certainly did. And as always, we've got so much to get through and so little time. If you'd like to become a full-time supporter of the show, then please, by all means, head to patreon.com slash boogiebumper. Become a subscriber by hitting that subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, if you would like to stop being nice to me, this is very important. If you'd like to stop being nice, then you can do so by following me on Twitter at Boogie Bumper. Ladies and gentlemen, we have very, 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 very serious, very important topics to discuss tonight. Why it's wrong to be nice to people. Thank you for joining us. Like I said, it is Monday night. Hope you had a lovely weekend. I certainly did. Uh, just before we get into tonight's program, ladies and gentlemen, a couple of quick announcements. Oh, hello. Winning TV with a diamond, dlive.tv slash winning TV. Great show on Saturday night, Phil. Uh, hero boogers of Boogie Stan, Brada Bring. Yes, our half Japanese, half Italian, mate, Phil. <laughs> Brada Bring. Oh, Brada Bring. Mr. Sagawa, thank you for the diamond. I stole the diamonds. There you go. Found him. Found the guy. No need to keep the search going. Let's save some taxpayer money. But reach around are nice. <laughs> So lots to get through tonight, but a couple of quick announcements. First one, we are live streaming on Pure Social TV, ladies and gentlemen, puresocialnetwork.com. Tip of the hat to Doug and the rest of the developers over there. Thank you for getting that up and running, and it's a pleasure to be on Pure Social Network. Uh, Also, I want to announce that this Friday, this Friday night, is going to be a very special edition of the Daily Boogie, ladies and gentlemen. It's daily. It's Boogie Bumper's birthday bash, and you're all invited. You can come along. You can come along. Uh, I will be giving away a prize on Friday night to one lucky booger in the audience. <laughs> Daryl with the diamond. Thank you. Thank you for joining us, Daryl. Thank you, mate. Uh, it's Friday in Australia, right? Happy birthday. No, it's not Friday yet, mate. <laughs> not for it. Do you think it's do you think it's the previous Friday or the next Friday? I want to know whereabouts in the world we sit in the eyes of Scotland. Thanks for the free tampons, though, by the way. Appreciate it. Thank you, Daryl. <laughs> Thank you for doing So no free yes, this Friday, uh BYOB, BYOBB. Amberlina with the diamond happy. It's not my birthday yet. The birthday's not till Friday. <laughs> but thank you. So Friday night, we will be doing a giveaway via the Wheel of Elimination. I have got in touch with the Glassmaster himself, 
Mr. Ian Michael, who is now feverishly working away to come up with yet another Daily Boogie masterpiece to give away on the show on Friday. So that will be on Friday night, but you, it will be a case of you have to be one of the boogers to go in the draw. And rather than put the tweet up, I'm just going to try and take everybody's name who's in the chat on the night, like during the ad break or something. I'll, I'll type everybody's name in who puts the hand up, who wants to win it. Whatever it is, I know what it is, but I can't tell you until I show you because that wouldn't be fair. <laughs> so on Friday night, we will take names and somebody will win a piece of glass artery. artery. Minister of Fun, Kimmy with a diamond. I refuse to sing happy birthday to you, so don't ask. Thank God, because I really don't do birthday parties and stuff. Like I'm streaming, <laughs> you know. I said to my wife actually last night, like I'm, I said, I'm going to do a stream. Uh, it's Saturday my time, but Friday your time. I said, I'm going to do a stream on Saturday morning. And she looks at me and she goes, oh, okay. <laughs> and I said, you know, it's my birthday. I like streaming. So why won't I, why, why shouldn't I do a stream on my birthday? She's like, yeah, do what you want. I don't care. <laughs> so I don't really do big parties and stuff. I'm not that kind of a guy. Never have been with birthdays and shit. I always just rather stay at home and cook dinner. To be honest, that's what I like to do. It's my meditation on the weekend. But... Friday night, we will be giving away a prize via the Wheel of Elimination. And I have invited a couple of streamer friends. A couple of little friends, a couple of little streaming friends in the streaming community, ladies and gentlemen. And so I've asked them, hey, do you want to come on the show? I can confirm one name for you. Greeno from the starting block will be one of the people oh, joining us. Hello. I'm rambling again. <laughs> You'd rather have a glass artery. You'd rather have a glass artery rather than glass artistry. That's very good, Sister Charlie. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. Thank you for the tip, by the way. So that's Friday night, 6 p.m., regular time. Uh, Jim Enward says, I won't be there. Can I still be in the draw? Fuck no. Fuck no. <laughs> that wouldn't be fair to the people who are here, Jim. Jim. If you want to win the Glart art artistry, you have to be in the D Live chat at the time of the. Uh, why do Why do you always have to ruin the fun? All of you. <laughs> Amberlina with the diamond. Only Boogie would give gifts on his birthday. No, I'm not the only one. I'm sure uh, Jesus would as well. Well, let's be honest here. There's me, Jesus, and maybe Mother Teresa. But she was kind of a she was kind of a cheap bitch. To be fair. She didn't like spending any money. Vow of poverty, my ass. Can we get a can we get a hot tub in here? Christ. It's hard work caring for the poor. So me, Jesus, yeah, and Santa Claus. That's about it. They're the only ones. Friday night, ladies and gentlemen. So yes, oh, so I, I was in the process of doing the very fun thing of explaining the rules of the draw. Huh. This is a fun program. <laughs> I had so much fun watching the Daily Boogie. I especially liked when he talks about the rules and exclusions from giveaways. White Fox Liz with the diamond. Thank you for the diamond, White Fox Liz. Happy Monday, everyone. Well, happy Monday to you too. So the rules. You have to be... Rules. Thank you for following the rules. You have to be in the chat at the time of the drawing of the prize on Friday, but you also have to be a booger. You know, you have to be a subscriber. Because I don't want just some random wandering in and walking out with a prize. 
It's for the it's for the real fans only. It's for the OGs. That's it. So we limit it. It's a giveaway, but with conditions. Thank you for following the rules. All right, let's get into the show. Christ. Um, <coughs> pardon me. Now, do you remember a couple of weeks ago? We'll get to important stuff after a while. It's not a glass dildo. We already did a glass dildo. Somebody in the chat's asking, it's a glass dildo, isn't it? No, we've already done that. That was like six months ago. We did a glass dildo and then we did a glass butt plug. So we're running out of holes to stick things in. There's your little hint. There's a hint. There are only a few holes left on the human body which you can insert things. And you will. this is another prize where you insert something into a hole. But you'll have to guess which hole it is. And if you want to win it, come up and show up on Friday. <laughs> Carry a monkey. Ew. Uh, don't, you think outside the square, man. <laughs> it's not that bad. <laughs> Read between the lines, bro. <laughs> All right. Where were we? Yes. Okay. We're getting into the show. So in one of those moods today. Remember a, few, a couple of weeks ago when we played the clip of that guy doing the metal song to the um, the crazy liberal woman ranting? Remember, listen to me, Republicans, listen. You're the people in history they warned us about, right? Remember that? Well, through sheer happenstance and falling ass backwards, I never normally look at, like, my homepage on YouTube. I'm one of those boomer types who just types in the name of the channel I want to watch when I want to watch it. Like, I don't keep track of YouTube. I probably should do a better job of doing shit like that. But every day I just type into the YouTube search bar, like, all the different channels that I that I get stuff from for the show. <laughs> Very inefficient. <laughs> Very boomer boogie. So, through sheer happenstance, I ended up, like, looking at the homepage the guy that did the metal song, I found his channel, ladies and gentlemen. I found his channel and I have to say, he's not a one hit wonder. So remember on the night, I was like, man, I need the full song of this, right? We have the full song. We're going to play the full song. But then I also found a couple of uh, doozies as well to play for you. And we'll share the channel out. This guy's name is uh, Andre Antunes. I'm going to say Antunes. It could be arm tunes, but it's definitely Andre. So let's call him definitely Andre. All right. <laughs> I thought you might enjoy this. It's the full song, not just like the 30 second clip we played on the show the other day. He does a whole setup and everything. And this guy's good. Let's, all right. let's have a look. Let's do it. Remember that guy? Remember the barbecue and freedom guy out the front? They're trying to steal the elections, George Soros. He gets a notable mention in this clip. It's a full clip. Get away! 
good. I like the barbecue uh, guy's part better, you know? That's a fucking chunky riff, man. I haven't picked up the guitar in since, like, I was in a band for, like, seven or eight years, and since that finished, I, I barely touched the guitar. It's not like bitter It's not like bitter or sadness or anything like that. I've just had no reason to, really. I haven't played music in a long time. and But that, that riff at the end of that, that's like, oh, that's a good one, man. This one here coming up for this guy. Love it. So there's more of this guy, man. It gets <laughs> I'm not gonna say it gets better because that's probably his best one. That's probably his best one. I do love this guy. Let me um, put this link in the chat for you so you can enjoy as well. Mr. Andurans or whatever his name is. Octorus Mensk. Uh, Mr. Antunes. Okay, here's another one. Uh, remember Trump's faith advisor? That clip went viral, what, a few weeks ago? The crazy woman? Uh, he does one for her too. <laughs> The crusty, the crusty hoodie, the crusty hoodie makes it so much better. I don't know why. For amp, for ambiance. He just picks out the rhythm in it and, and writes a riff around it. Yeah, it's great. I hear the sound of victory. 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 Jesus. Right now, a 
Africa. They're coming here. They're coming here. They're coming here. Kimmy in the chat says, nice Metallica, uh, Metallica-esque riff. I, I, I hear a little bit of Exodus in this guy. Exodus was a band around the time of like Metallica and uh, what were the other guys? Metallica's old guitarist. Fuck my brain these days. Uh, Megadeth and shit, but they were like the little, 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 little brother. But there, there is a lot of Exodus sound. I always liked Exodus because Metallica was way too... Metallica and Megadeth, I've never been a fan of like thrashy metal where it's like... It's too fast. See, I like, for me, um, like, music's heavier when it's slower. And Exodus, like, had this saying, you know, most metal bands hit you over the head 100 times. We hit you over the head 10 times, 100 times uh, faster. Uh, 100 times harder, pardon me. So I always preferred that kind of, you know, I was like a big Helmet fan and shit. Helmet, to me, was way heavier than anything Metallica ever did. And Helmet wasn't even considered heavy metal. Just because it had that groove, it's got to have that groove. I have to bounce. If music doesn't bounce, I'm not into. I'm not into it. I'm not interested. If it's thrashy and like, like, nah, nah, can't do it. It's got to have. It's got to have a rhythm, man. It's got to be able to. You got to be able to bop your head to it. I like to imagine like, can a, 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 a can a group of people can a mosh pit bounce to it? Right. It's got to have that bouncing. That that's a you know a good bouncy rhythm. So it's got to have that. If it doesn't have that, then I just can't get into it. Yeah, Corrosion of Conformity. I remember a few of their songs back in the day. doing on the stage there <laughs> so he's good and then one more from this guy ladies and gentlemen one more from this dude because this one only dropped like an hour ago he's going off it's already got like 12,000 13,000 views in like less than an hour so that he's he's fucking propelled this guy after that video went the way it did which fucking good luck to him because I love people who can do shit like this uh, so this this is a hot one. Kenneth Copeland, ladies and gentlemen, everybody's favourite religious leader, Kenneth, Co- uh, Kenneth Copeland, gets his own immortalisation in heavy metal. Today, we speak to this atmosphere. It's more like doom metal. Some good riffage. 
Absolutely brilliant. <laughs> so let me, I'll chuck that in the chat for you. Fantastic. Absolutely love it. I thought that'd be a good way to start a Monday. Why not? So ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, let's get to the main topic of discussion tonight. And it's a very important topic. I think it's one that we need to have an open and honest conversation about because I don't know about you, but I think it's high time that the privileged people amongst us are made to feel a little uncomfortable. Don't you think? I mean, it's time they feel uncomfortable to expose them to the levels of discomfort that they have been perpetuating on everybody else. It's only fair. And it's probably the only way that we're going to come together and progress and grow as a society, as a humanity, as a planet, ladies and gentlemen, as a life force. I am, of course, talking about white people. It's time to learn your lessons. It's time to take your medicine. It's time to realise what a disgusting human being you are. If you're white in the audience, this one goes out to you. <clears throat> From the Washington Post, ladies and gentlemen. Racial microaggressions take a major toll on black Americans. White people gawking at or complimenting black people for doing ordinary things is literally harming their health, research shows. You're killing black people. You're killing them. You need to know better. <laughs> Dear reader, I can't do two of my favourite things right now. Travelling and attending the theatre with the family. Hey, it just sounds like sounds like every other working class schlub, doesn't she? You know, you racist white people who are sitting at home and going, man, I can't open my business not right now. Man, I can't earn a paycheck. Man, I can't do a whole bunch of things. You need to figure out just how privileged you are. Because according to this author, she can't do two of her favourite things, travelling and attending the theatre. <laughs> attending the theatre with my family is one of my favourite things. Yeah, you're a real normal person. You don't sound like a high-class bourgeoisie-type socialist at all. I care not for the conditions of the working class as long as they don't take my theatre away. You know, back in the 60s, you would have been the type of person that was getting beaten up by an anti-war protester. It's a, it's, I love the fact that these people think they're on the side of, you know, the po proletariat, right? <laughs> these people think they're on the same side as the working class communists. Okay. <laughs> How dare somebody take your precious theatre away? <laughs> you really do understand the plight of the working class. You're a class warfare hero. Thank you so much for keeping... Thank you for being in the war. But we're on your side. 
because of the coronavirus. But when I can do these activities again, I have a simple request for white vacationers and theatre goers. Stop staring at us. Don't compliment us for what comes naturally. A while ago, my family was vacationing at a resort in Orlando. My husband was tossing our three children around in the pool to their audible delight. I was sitting nearby on a lounge chair reading a book. There were other parents in the water playing with their children as well. Sounds like a wonderful holiday, doesn't it? After another shriek of laughter from my kids, I looked up and saw a white man. I saw a white man, perhaps in his mid-60s, splashing towards my family. Oh no, did you shoot him? You should have shot him. Did you run? Of course, you didn't run. You were in the pool. Oh no. Oh, cruel twist of fate. I looked up and saw a white man, perhaps in his mid-60s. Old white men we all know are very dangerous in resort-type scenarios. We all know the mid-60-year-old old white men are people you need to be looking over your shoulder at. You need to be on constant alert. Never relax. (laughs) I looked up and saw a white man, perhaps in his mid-60s, splashing toward my family. He waded up to my 40-year-old something husband and said... Now, what do you think that the old white man said that made it so... made the... uh, made the experience so egregious and harmful that the woman had to write an article about it. What do you think he said? I'll give you a minute. I'll give you a minute. So picture this. You're you're with your black family in a resort, in a pool. You know, the the, the father is throwing the kids around, people are laughing, and a, and a white man in his mid-60s wades up to your husband, right, the father, and he says something to them. And this thing is so offensive that you then write an article about it for the Washington Post, a national paper. So which, what do you think he said? What do you think he said that was so awful? (laughs) Daryl in the chat, calm down. Let's not turn this rap into a murder. (laughs) Cabaret. I think it's great you're teaching them to like the water. Foggy, get to the back of the pool. (laughs) Get to the back of the pool. Not the deep end. All right. I'll tell you what he said. I'll tell you what he said. This horrible, horrible old man, this stupid old man. He said, quote, you have such a nice family. It's so nice to see you playing with your children. That's it. That's all he said. (laughs) How awful. What a terrible, terrible person. How dare he? My husband and I shared a glance. He could see me getting steamed. Like the outrage was palpable. She was sitting there with her book. Exactly, Kitty B in the chat. What a fucking monster. (laughs) She was sitting there with her book on the side of the pool in the resort. And her husband could see that she was getting really upset. Again, that quote, the, the quote that the old white man said to the husband, you have such a nice family. It's so nice to see you playing with your children. 
<laughs> this then caused the protagonist in the story apparently to descend into a fury, a hell-bound pit of rage that's, that would make Satan himself blush with embarrassment. My husband and I shared a glance. He could see me getting steamed. I wanted to, I wanted to say something about this man's offensive statement. <laughs> but my husband just shook his head and mouthed, let it go. <laughs> Holy cow! Just let it go, honey. He's not worth it. If you're a black person or a person of colour, you understand why I was so angry. If you're confused, let me explain why the compliment wasn't well received. We'll come back to that statement. If you're a black person or person of colour, you understand why I was so angry. We'll come back to that. This white man, the article continues... This white man felt duty-bound to congratulate my husband for playing with her black children as if it were an anomaly. Hmm. 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 Fascist Dippy, please explain. Okay. <laughs> this white man felt duty bound to congratulate my husband for playing with her with our black children as if it were an anomaly. If you're confused, remember she said, if you're confused, let me explain why the compliment wasn't well received. If you're black, you understand why I was so angry. Kitty B in the chat. Because black dads don't stick around. Aren't, aren't we all fully aware that the the average aren't we all fully aware that the statistic is something like 75% of black kids in the states are growing up without their birth father isn't it around that number 75% huh like i'm not making fun i think that's a pretty well known topic of discussion right I don't think I'm making it up. It's about 75%, right? Only one in four black kids has their dad. One in four. 75%, right? I'll read this. I'll read this little portion of the article again. My husband, after the man said, quote, you have such a nice family. It's so nice to see you playing with your children. My husband and I shared a glance. He could see me getting steamed. I wanted to say something about this man's offensive statement, but my husband just shook his head and mouthed, let it go. If you're a black person or a person of colour, you understand why I was so angry. If you're confused, let me explain why the uh, compliment wasn't well received. This white man felt duty bound to congratulate my husband for playing with with our black children as if it were an anomaly. Remember when we used to say facts are racist, like a meme? This offensive statement. So first of all, it's offensive to her. There is absolutely no way that anything he said was offensive. This is imagined slights. That's why it's a microaggression, because it's really not aggressive. 
This is an this is an imagined racist statement. Oh, you know what? Old men say things about other people's families all the time. They say things like, you have such a lovely family. It's so nice to see you playing together. Because maybe he was just a kindly old man who enjoyed seeing kids having fun with their daddy. Because old men say shit like that. Imagine getting, imagine hearing something like that while you live your fucking privileged sunbathing lifestyle by the pool reading a book. Because God knows, God knows during the time of coronavirus, I'm missing out on all of my favourite things. I've not been able to travel abroad and I've not been able to attend the theatre with my family. You know, I'm missing out on so much. We're sacrificing so much here. I guess we'll just have to laze around the resort pool and wait for old men to, to give us compliments. What an awful fucking life you must lead. How terrible for you. How terrible. <laughs> so not only that, not only that, right? That's the first issue. The second issue is she's getting upset. So in her imagined, you know, racist agenda, racist slight that was, you know, uh, forced on her, in that imagined universe where what this man said was terribly offensive and terribly racist, the racist part of it is true. <laughs> she's angry that he's right. She's she's angry that the inference that she is creating herself about this man's comment is actually correct. Facts are racist. Facts are racist even when you imagine them yourself. Because remember, in her mind, the only reason he said that was because of the, the dangerous stereotype that's, you know, most black children grow up without their father. This dangerous, awful stereotype, which happens to be true. Happens to be correct. Wow. This is supposed to be real news. This is supposed to be the Washington Post. Democracy dies in darkness. Fucking unbelievable. Even most black dads are not absent, writes Josh Leves in All In, how our work-first culture fails dads, families, and businesses, and how we can fix it together, our work-first culture. Although black children are more likely to have unmarried parents, this doesn't mean they are fatherless. <laughs> well, yes, somebody had to come in her. That's true. No, no children are fatherless. I'm yet to see a baby be conceived without sperm, so no child is fatherless yet. <laughs> um, it's actually misinformation to say that Black dads, uh, black children grow up fatherless. As we all know, all children come from a mixture of vagina and sperm. So, you know, every child has a father. Oh, thank you, Professor. Thank you for clearing that up. <laughs> Maybe there's a little more context here. 
Even when black fathers don't live with their children, they are more involved than white fathers in helping their children with homework. Even the black absent fathers are better fathers than the white fathers, I'll have you know. Good night stretch. It's like a Jane Fonda workout video with this with this level of you know expert stretching. <laughs> and among the black fathers who do live with their children, a higher percentage of them bathe, dress, or diaper their kids compared with white dads, a study found. <clears throat> <laughs> Remember, the jumping point, the jumping off point for this article was this woman, apparently in a story, the jury's still out whether it's fucking true or not, but apparently she was spending time at some resort-like location, she was reading a book near the pool, her husband was playing with their children in the pool, an old white guy came over and said, wow, you have such a nice family. This then leads to a, a fucking spewing on the internet. This is a spiral. This is what spiraling looks like when you work for the corporate press. It, this is what it is. These people are spiraling and they don't even know. So this leads to this woman spiraling out of control and saying this racist comment that this guy gave is so offensive because he thinks that, you know, <laughs> black kids with their fathers is an anomaly. Well, we know it kind of is because 75% don't have that. But then in order to back up their claim, she's like, well, even when the black guy isn't at home with the kids, he's still better than you white cunts. <laughs> I have a study here that proves that uh, when the black father is at home, he does more diaper changes than white guys. What do you have to say about that, huh, Nazis? What do you got to say about that, you bigot? Wild. Wild. These people are unhinged. These people are out of control and they're sick mentally. This is mental illness now. Sorry. Sorry. I know you've got a degree and a nice job at the Washington Post and apparently enough money to you know, go to resorts and be offended by people complimenting your children. I mean, it's such a horrible existence you must lead. But you are a sick person. No doubt about it. You are a sick and bitter and twisted person. To get all of this, to get all of this from some compliment randomly about your family at a fucking resort. To get all of this. So I'm sure that while the white man at the pool had good intentions, he didn't recognise that what he said was insulting and biased. Pre-pandemic, it was infuriating when white folks stared as our family showed up at five-star resorts or hotels. <laughs> She's now flexing about the hotels and the resorts again. Sweetheart, you cannot be the victim when you're staying at five-star resorts, okay? That's impossible to be the victim. Do you realise that the young Vietnamese woman who's getting paid fucking dirt and noodles to paint your nails whilst you sunbathe with a cocktail in your hand is actually the one who's going without? Not you, you entitled cunt. Do you realise that? 
You know the little fucking Mexican woman who gets paid five bucks an hour to go in and clean the sheets after your little brats have been fucking pissing the bed all night? That's the person that's going without. You know, it was so racist when my family and I would go to five-star resorts and white people would look at me. Oh, 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 Jose, make sure you bring the massage oils, please. I'm not done with you yet. I said I wanted a cold bottle of champagne left in ice found in the Arctic Circle, left in my room at 6.03 p.m. precisely. Do ensure that you follow my instructions and there will be a very juicy $5 tip waiting for you at the end of the week. Oh my goodness, we're going without so much. And can you believe the racism of this old man in the pool? Can you believe he dared compliment my children for their behavior? Oh my goodness. It's absolutely terrible. I, I tell you, they should probably stop letting the whites in here. I don't know. They seem to be bringing the place down. What do you say? What do you say, Jose? Yes, indeed, master, master lady. Hey, thank you, Jose. I know Jose's got my back. Don't you, Jose? Now, make sure you bring the rose petals and the after-dinner mints in. Thank you, honey. Thank you, darling. Fucking hell. We typically keep such incidents to ourselves, she writes. We wouldn't want to be accused of being too sensitive, but this happens too often. I'm still bothered about the white woman who asked me how we got our front row seats to a multiracial performance of Oklahoma at Arena Stage in DC. Listen to this. Listen to this insult. Listen to this oppression of people who apparently spend their time in five-star resorts. Listen to this. The woman sitting a few rows back moved down, tapped me on the shoulder and said, wow, you have great front row seats. Do you have a relative in the cast? (laughs) This is another example of racist, racist behavior. Of this fucking freak. What a piece of shit this thing is. I, I, I couldn't stand being around people. Once upon a time when I was younger, right, I used to argue with these kinds of people on Twitter and shit, you know, and just poke holes in their dumb ideology, make fun of them, and say, well, if everybody was racist, you know, ask them a bunch of hypothetical questions, and, you know, so if this guy's racist and that guy's not, how do you... But there is no logic to this. And now I don't, now I just don't engage them at all. Now I just, I, I don't even want to be around you. Like if if you have a whole bunch of conditions to your friendship, like there's certain things you can't say, you have to walk on eggshells, you have to be mindful, you have to say the right thing. If you've got all of these conditions that need to be ticked off in order to be in your vicinity, then I'd just rather not be there. You know what I mean? Like, if I said something to somebody totally innocently, like, man, you have a lovely family. It's so good to see you playing, right? <laughs> Wet sandwich with the diamond. Thank you for joining us. Was that a diary entry? Well, that's the Washington Post now, most of it, to be fair. It does read a little like a diary. 
So you know, if I gave a compliment to somebody, man, you're you've got great kids. They're so they're so cute. You know, it's so good to see you playing and having fun. And then the person turned around to me and said, uh, "Would you say that to a white person?" I'd go, "Oh, I'm sorry, I said anything. Sorry, I said anything to you. Fuck off, then. You know, like I'm not, I'm not going to fight for your approval. I'll just think there's there goes another person I don't ever want to meet again. What a sad, bitter, and twisted, soul-sucking experience it must be to even be in the same fucking room as you. You know what I mean? Just an an energy-sapping fucking nightmare." of walking around and uh, anxiousness and walking around on eggshells and not knowing what you're going to be offended by. Oh, fuck you. Mr. Cigar with the diamond. I hate this generation so much. Well, I think she's probably like a Gen Xer or something, judging by the writing style. <laughs> there were several white the theatre goers parked along the front row right next to me, but she didn't ask any of them if they were related to somebody in the play who comped their seats I wanted to say, Heifer, I purchased my ticket just like you. I wanted to insult her for being fat. <laughs> oh my God, you're so, you're so understanding. I wouldn't have actually called her that name. That would be rude. But I wanted to school that woman on, that woman on why her question was offensive. Yes, we're, we're so against stereotypes. And your first urge was to stand up in a theatre and make a scene at somebody and accuse them of being racist. Because you hate stereotypes, don't you, sweetheart? <laughs> I... I hate I hate racist stereotypes so much. So my first instinct was to get really angry really quickly, stand up, put my finger in her face and go, Oh, no, you did it, honey. You sit your ass down, you white bitch. <laughs> that was her first Ring instinct. the bell and get your cheese, man. Thank you for the sub, Christy Christy. Because we hate stereotypes. You sit your crack ass down, you hoe. It wasn't the first time we were made to feel out of place. I've never, I've never seen somebody who, who's, you know, stays in five-star resorts and gets front row seats to the fucking theatre complain so much. You really, you really are bourgeoisie upper class. This is really, uh, she's using racism as a mask for her elitism, as far as I'm concerned. She has no time for the common folk. So she's invented a reality where the common folk language is oppressing her and turning her into a victim so she can continue to live her life free of guilt for living it. Because she's supposed to be on the side of the working people. She's supposed to be on the side of the downtrodden. She's supposed to be against the bourgeoisie, but she's one of them. So in order to live the daily life and breathe in and out, going along with the fact that she has so much money, she goes to the theatre and fucking five-star resorts as you know as often as she does. She invents the reality where she's a poor, oppressed victim in this world. Right? Unbelievable. I'll share just one more incident, although there are so many more. Please do share. The author continues... We were on our way to a family vacation in Aruba, Jamaica. Ooh, I wanna take you to Bermuda. Uh huh. -huh. Come on, pretty mama. No, they were going to Aruba. The regular security lines were overwhelmed. My family hurried to take our place in the line reserved for people who had paid for TSA pre-check, which speeds up the security process. A white man standing behind us said. 
I don't think you are in the right line. This is for TSA PreCheck. What a racist. She continues, he didn't take it upon himself to question other travelers, just us, the only black folks in the queue. I know what line this is, I said curtly. As I started to say more, my husband, ever the peacekeeper, looked at me. He didn't have to say it this time, but I'm tired of letting it go. So what, you just do what your husband tells you? So whenever your husband says calm down, you calm down. You follow your husband's lead. You'll pick up on his cues. You do as you're told by your husband. Wow, how very feminist of you. Doesn't sound like bourgeoisie elitism, trophy wife behaviour at all. So brave. (laughs) There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Let me put this in the chat, this story for you. Because you need to know. Speaking of, you know, don't compliment black people for doing ordinary things. Found this on Twitter. Rashida Jones catapults to the upper echelon of TV news as the new head of MSNBC and becomes the first black executive in charge of a major cable news operation. I read that earlier and I went, so? (laughs) So? Congratulations on getting a job. (laughs) Congratulations on doing something that everybody does. Wow, you're so special. But see, I'm the racist because I'm not celebrating it. I'm the racist because I go, I don't care. Black, white, who gives a fuck? What's the difference? It's not special. She, She applied for a job and she got it. Big fucking deal. Stop the presses. Who cares? Who fucking cares? (laughs) <laughs> right? I'd, I'd be the racist for that because I'm not fawning over her and fucking washing her feet and telling her what a great fucking achievement it is. Oh, my God, you're so you're so much more special than all the other CEOs because you're black. That makes Because I don't do that, I'm the racist. But then we read, you know, blathering opinion pieces like the one we just read where apparently if you do give people a compliment, that's racist too. So here's the thing. I'm not going to... If you think that giving people a compliment is, you know, racism, then I don't want to be around you. If I have to, you know, pat you on the head and reward you because you're black and you do a normal thing, I don't want to be around you. If you're just a normal person who gets a job or, you know, says thank you when somebody says, wow, you have such a nice family, then you're my people. You're my people. If you want to, if you're one of these other fucking crazy whack jobs who are getting around us and and fucking polluting, you know, basic interactions with people, ugh, God, you're cancer. You are cancer. Absolute outright, you know, interactive cancer. You're the you're the kind of person that makes me want to spend more time with my dogs than people. <laughs> and my God, there's so many of you. There's so many of you, you just come out of the woodwork every time. So with that, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to take a quick five-minute break here on the Monday night edition of the Daily Boogie podcast. When we return, so much more. Stick around. We'll see you soon.
And most importantly, completely pointless. Come waste an hour of your week with The Starting Block Friday nights Australian time at dlive.tv forward slash The Starting Block. Get in touch with us on Twitter at The Starting Block, no K at the end. Also, subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or iTunes by searching for The Starting Block, or one word, or on Podbean at startingblock.podbean.com. Join the Blockheads, tuning in in their millions right around the world. My name is Frozen Asian, and I like to tell you about my show, The Sunday Night Shit Show, every Sunday night at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, along with the good conversations and laughing at funny and weird shit we find on the internet. We also have The Hat Cam, where I showcase my myriad of great-looking hats. Here is a testimonial from a great friend of mine who has enjoyed my hats lately. I I hope your next hat is a bullet. Jesus Christ! What are you fucking Asian dick crazy? You. You have to ruin my evening. Like I, I was just gonna just listen, you know, listen to my buds do their show, and you, you gotta, you just gotta do this. Without the hat. So you're not enjoying it? No. <laughs> Dude, Asian uh, come Dick on, Tracy. I really enjoy it. You look no. like you're going undercover in, in Argentina, but it's now working. I hate you. <laughs> I hate you. I hate oh, come on, you secretly love it. No, no, I openly hate it. <laughs> <laughs> And there you have it. Uh, so subscribe to the Sunday Night Shit Show at youtube.com slash Sunday Night Shit Show. And uh, hope to see you there on Sunday nights. Bye. Aloha and welcome to Pirate Radio, Ladies of Liberty, the hot seat. Or maybe this is my daily traffic report. I don't know. As you can tell, I, I seem to have a problem with commitment to one type of platform. I, I think doctors refer to that as uh, ADD. Uh, but anyways, if you want to follow any of those shows, you want to catch me live every single day of the week, you can follow me at Real Person Politics. That's Real Person P-L-T-C-S. Aloha. Another ain't no rest for the wicked Until we close our eyes for good UK Neil over at DLive for the Great Awakening Show. That's over on DLive at DLive.tv stroke UK Neil. Get yourself out of that matrix and get over to the Great Awakening. This Justin!
the global officials that can help all, also known as Got You, have now banned all boogieing and boogie-related movements worldwide. Public safety is the main concern, they say, and people are reminded that boogieing is contagious. Anyone caught boogieing will be dealt with in the harshest terms police have reported. More Sometimes right away. this world can get you down. There's just one thing you can do. You gotta get back up and shake it all around. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how to boogie. Come on, everybody boogie bumper tonight. Coming back. Second half of the show, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much. It's Christmas, it is. It's Christmas Day, Governor. Thank you for joining us, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Uh, yes, quick reminder, Friday night, ladies and gentlemen, Friday night, 6 p.m. Coffee Talk with Sandra. No, not Coffee Talk with Sandra, 6 p.m. Coffee Talk with Sandra with the diamond. Uh, birthday week, Bookster. Happy birthday. Love you. Thank you. It's not my birthday yet. It's not my birthday till Friday. It's not my birthday till Friday. <laughs> my wife asked me, what do you want to do for your birthday? I, I, you know, people think like I'm, I'm not a boring person, but I am a very boring person. My wife's like, what do you want to do for your birthday? And I said, um, how about I go and get a bunch of like German food and cook it? <laughs> and she goes, okay. <laughs> that's, that's it. <clears throat> my birthday night, that's what I plan on doing is, you know, cooking like a big German feast. So like all the German snags and everything, um, some sauerkraut. Mm. Mm. I might even make some uh, home style. I might even make my own Bavarian style pretzels to have with some face first and beer. Uh, Coffee Talk with Sandra with the diamond birthday week. Okay, it's birthday week. Birthday week. Yes, Sauerkraut und Sauerkraut und Knackwurst und Weißwurst und Bratwurst, yeah. So, and you've got to have some authentic German mustard, which is actually very difficult to find here. <laughs> I basically strong-armed the, the guy who runs the local supermarket into stocking German, actual proper German mustard. But you've got to have two kinds of German mustard because there's one kind that you have for breakfast with your breakfast sausage, like a Weißwurst. So you have your Weißwurst with your... Uh, nice beer and a pretzel for breakfast and then later on at night when you have your Knuckwurst and your Bratwurst and stuff that's when you have like the spicy German mustard schnitzel and spitzel uh schnitzel man I've never been a huge schnitzel fan to be honest because it's really just thinly sliced veal or chicken with a coating so I'm like yeah whatever um I do like though I have to get the loaf and I fucking forget the name of it man but it's like a meat, it's kind of like a meatloaf, but it's kind of like uh, like a sausage loaf. It's so fucking good. And I can't remember, I think I had it like two years ago or thereabouts. Also do, I'll also do some fried potatoes as well. So that's that's what I'm doing on my birthday dinner. It's, you know, my birthday night is cooking my own German feast. Because <laughs> why not? Because I love German food. I was listening to, uh, was it Nightwave? I think it was Mersch. Was it Nightwave or IOTC? I can't remember. And Mersh made some comment. No, it was it was definitely Nightwave about European food. And he's like, "Oh no, Italian food is so much better." I'm like, "Nigga, are you are you fucking dissing German food? German food is amazing. What the hell are you talking about? 
If you like meat and like roast pork, like Schweinachsen, ladies and gentlemen, roast pork knuckle the size of a fucking bowling ball. <laughs> roast pork knuckle and one litre beers? Are you fucking mad? The Italians wouldn't be caught dead eating fucking real genuine food like that. And mo- more American cuisine is based on German fucking immigrants than it is on Italian immigrants with your fucking gravy. Oh, you mean bolognese. You mean bolognese. You fucking wood-headed prick. <laughs> oh, fucking gravy. <laughs> it's not gravy. German food is amazing. Fucking hell. I nearly, I nearly, I nearly crashed my car when I was driving listening to that. What the hell is this guy talking about? So... <laughs> <laughs> so I will be cooking a German feast on my own birthday because that's what a kind of boring person I am. Uh, back to the show. Late, the, uh, the whole point of that was supposed to be to plug. <laughs> 6 p.m. this Friday, uh, Boogie's birthday bash. You're all invited. And I will be joined, hopefully, by a, a couple of uh, streamer friends as well so we can have a little fun. I will be drinking heavily. <laughs> I'll be drinking heavily and it may get messy because fuck it, who cares? But I'm inviting other people on who are so ridiculous that, like, if if I do get messy and fuck up, then you won't. It won't even be the first mistake you notice. So I'm inviting people that are much worse than me. <laughs> Sorry to all of the future guests. And I'm only joking. It's just a joke. But again, all right, back to the show, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. I want to show you this because this is one of the best stories that I caught. Over the weekend, I came across this story. I didn't know it was going on. It's a it's a couple of weeks old now. Unfortunately, I missed all the hype. But I bet most of you haven't seen this. This is wonderful. So the English Premier League is the football or soccer competition over there, right? It's the number one it's number one competition in the world. It's fucking huge. Uh, all the big teams, right? Manchester United, Manchester City, Arsenal, Liverpool, all that kind of shit, right? Huge teams, teams who play, teams who pay their players like half a million dollars a week. Insane money. So it's a big sport. Now, this guy that you're about to watch, he works for a Ghanaian news channel. Okay. And this clip now has 1.3 million views. I'm going to put this in the chat for you. This Ghanaian newsreader has 1.3 million views just reading the scores of the English Premier League teams. And the reason that this is my favorite story that I found over the weekend is there's now a push, right? This is so good. There's now a push to have this guy replace the British people on British TV doing the same job, (laughs) right? Because they're like, he's so much better than the fucking English people. But really, like, so a lot of people now, people are starting petitions and shit. We need to get this guy out of Ghana and take him to the UK. This guy needs to be the voice of football in the United Kingdom, like for the biggest competition. But really, they can't say anything because, hey, he's not a white guy. (laughs) (laughs) He's not a white guy. So we're, we're ticking a diversity quota box on this one, right? We're doing the right thing. We're being good people. We're being good people promoting diversity and cultural inclusion. So, so like I said, this clip has 1.3 million views, and now there is a genuine, legitimate push from people to make this guy the new voice of football in England 
And so now I'm going to, no, it's not like the Argentinian one, uh, Victor Von Schroom. This is so much better. I'm going to let this guy take it away. I'm going to let him do his thing. And I'm going to support 100% that he becomes the new voice of football in the English speaking world. English Premier League. <laughs> Efton. Efton. One. Manchester United. Three. Three. Crystal Palace. Four. <laughs> Leeds United. One. Yeah. Chelsea. Four. The Real United. One. <laughs> Sheffield United. Sheffield United. What? <laughs> I fucking love this guy. This guy needs to be the new football broadcaster in the for the world. He's the best. Chelsea for the reason from United one. <laughs> West Ham one. West Ham one. Fulham. No. Fulham. <laughs> Fulham. Sun Sunday. West Bromwich which nil. Tottenham Hotspur Space. One. Tottenham Hotspurs. Not Tottenham Hotspur. Tottenham Hotspurs. <laughs> He is the pastor manning of sports. Can he, can he be in the chat? <laughs> Where's the rubbish out I, I think he's like the Ghanaian uh, Bobcat Goldthwait. Where's the rubbish out new? Sudden Rasmus is one. He was in the Ghanaian. He was in Ghanaian, the Ghanaian version of Police Academy Five. Sunday. Was which? Manchester City one. You see, see, he knows Manchester City and he knows Liverpool because they're two of the biggest teams, right? So he's fucking breathing a sigh of relief when he gets to Manchester City. All of a sudden, he cracks into gear, like he gets whipped into shape, and he's like, Manchester City, I know this one. I know this one. Manchester City one, Liverpool one. <laughs> yes, I got it. I nailed it. I need to hear West Bromwich Albion and Tottenham Hotspur again. Nil. Sun Sunday. Sunday. Where's Bruce? Which nil? Tottenham Hotspur Space. One. Hotspurs. Little City. One. Nil. Manchester City one. Manchester City. Liverpool one. Liverpool. Asna. Nil. Aston Village. <laughs> he called Aston Villa a strong village. 
Arsenal nil a strong village three. <laughs> this guy needs to be the next big thing in sports broadcasting. There you go. He absolutely, he absolutely has to be the next guy to read the sports results in the UK. Amberlina with the diamond. I can't understand anything he's saying. He's just reading the team names. He, well, he's attempting to read the team names. So Aston Villa becomes a strong village. Uh, Tottenham Hotspur becomes Tottenham Hospices. <laughs> He's just trying to read the English football teams. We're sorry, near Tottenham Hospices one. It's exactly still better than CNN. All right, ladies and gentlemen, in these trying times. We need to look to people who are better than us, smarter than us, stronger than us, more knowledgeable than us for guidance. And we need to look to the people who only have our best intentions at the core of their decision-making matrices, right? Because really, who can you trust in today's topsy-turvy, topsy-turvy world? So much fake news and misinformation. There's so many people who would try to do us harm. There's really only one direction we can turn. There's really only one entity that we can look towards to keep us safe, to protect our interests, and to make sure we, we all get through this unscathed. I am, of course, ladies and gentlemen, talking about the government. This comes to us from our friends in the UK. It's a big conundrum. Yorkshire couple's house in different COVID tier to garden. <laughs> so if you're not aware, <coughs> if you're not aware, in the UK, they have this ridiculous tier system. So there's tier one, tier two, tier three, tier four. I don't know if there's tier five or not, but depending on the apparent impending doom that one can experience relative to where they are in the United Kingdom, then that place will have a certain tier associated to it. So if you're in a high-risk COVID area, that'll be tier four. If you're in a low-risk COVID area, that'll be tier one. So this couple, ladies and gentlemen, because they live on like a county boundary, <laughs> their house is like in one tier. So in their house, they can do whatever they want. But in their garden, they're not allowed out and they're not, they have to wear face masks. <laughs> <laughs> because they're, they're line, the line literally goes from the back of their house and extends into their garden from one county to the next. <laughs> it's so dumb. As England navigates the COVID-19 tier system, spare a thought for one Yorkshire couple for whom it is anything but straightforward. Sheila Herbert and her husband Philip from the picturesque market town of Otley live in a house in a tier two while their garden is a tier three. <laughs> Thank you for keeping me safe, Mr. Government. It's all one big conundrum, said Sheila, 74, explaining that their quiet cul-de-sac home of 18 years was built over a culvert that runs directly under their garden, with the underground channel of water acting as the official boundary between West Yorkshire and North Yorkshire. Our house is in Harrogate and our garden is in Leeds. <laughs> I 
Under government restrictions, it means that though under tier two, the couple should be able to meet people in their garden. Under tier three, they are prohibited. So, so because they live in a tier two house, they should be allowed to have people visit in their garden. But because their garden is in tier three, they can get arrested. <laughs> government self, governments and bureaucracies are here to make our lives easier. Thank you for keeping me safe. Also got this one for you. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for another edition of... Oh, look at me. Oh, hello. I'm rambling again. <laughs> yes, Dear exactly. List. Oh, like District 9? I think I get it. Yes, exactly like District 9. What are we going to do? <laughs> I tell you, what are we going to do about these people? I can't... Why, why is my South African so terrible? Hang on. Yes. I'll bet you, I'll bet you thousand dollars that we can do anything to these people, whatever we want. It is one of those things, mate. It is one of those things, sir. All of the, all of the bad people are living in tier three. Tier three is a big, big concern. Big concern. There you go. That's a bit better. A little bit better. I need to work on my, my, my South African. My South African. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for another edition of everybody's new favourite game show. Live from the Daily Boogie Studios, it's time for everybody's new favourite game show. China, come on down. Come on down, China. The United Kingdom. Come on down! Get down here! And the United States of America! Come on down! You're the next contestant on It'll Never Happen Here! <sighs> yes, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Your boss can fire you if you refuse to get the COVID vaccine. Who saw that coming? Who saw this as a discussion point? <laughs> wow, this is such a surprise. Companies are considering compulsory COVID vaccination requirements as a condition of employment. Under the law, an employer can force an employee to get vaccinated, and if they don't, fire them. Oh, wow. Huh? What a surprise. I had no idea that this was coming. The country's first COVID vaccine could be authorised for emergency use as soon as Thursday. Well, hurry up. If Pfizer and BioNTech get the green light, distribution is set to begin within days. But as difficult as the research, development and distribution stages have been, some experts argue the hardest part of fighting the virus is actually what comes next. Convincing the US population to take the vaccine. That's the hard part. <laughs> Do you see the positioning that's happening here? <laughs> Fascist hippie in the chat. Why didn't you warn us, Boogie? <laughs> of course. Of course. 
OG listeners to this program will know that we have spent the better part of 2020 saying, eventually the employers will say that you have to be vaccinated to work there. Eventually you're going to go to work and and your boss is going to say, look, I don't even agree with this vaccination thing, but I'm sorry. You know, it's an insurance problem for us now and we're going to have to ask you to take the vaccine. Eventually they'll get you that way. We've been saying all through 2020, they don't even have to make the vaccine mandatory. They'll just force your employers to do it. We've been saying all through 2020, they don't have to police this shit. They will make you police yourselves. Winning TV with the diamond, dlive.tv slash winning TV. But we have guns and a cost to... Never mind. <laughs> you stupid foreign sons of bitches gave your guns away. Oh, boy. Roughly four in ten Americans say they would definitely or probably not get a vaccine, according to a recent survey by the Pew Research Center. While this is higher than it was two months ago, to achieve herd immunity, experts say that about 70% of the population needs to be vaccinated or have natural antibodies. Employers, however, may not be taking no for an answer. Iceman4433 with the diamond. Thank you for joining us, Rusty. Iceman4433, dlive.tv. A vaccine promises employers a return to some kind of normal, which is desperately needed as businesses look to recover profits. Do you remember when we were saying on this show for months and months and months and months and months? Right? Do you remember when we were saying you'll be given a false choice? They're going to present you after locking you down, giving you a little bit of freedom, then taking it away again, and then locking it down again, right? After doing this for months, that they would turn around to you and give you a false choice and say, well, I'm afraid the only way to get back to normal is through vaccination programs. Do you remember when we were saying that? And do you remember when we said, they won't have to make it mandatory. What they'll do is they'll just make it unviable for business not to do it. And like things like insurance companies, for example, will turn around and say, hey, if you don't make sure everybody in your workplace is vaccinated, then I'm sorry, we're going to have to raise premiums on you. Remember when we were saying that? And now in this environment where you've got, you know, millions of people unemployed where they would otherwise not be, where now you can rest assured people, a lot of people can't afford to take a principled stance now, right? Because if you don't take the vaccine, then there's 500 assholes waiting outside the front gate to take your job who will happily get the needle. So if you don't take it, I'm sorry, we're going to have to let you go. Remember when we were saying all that? And now what? Six months later? The corporate media is starting to push the line. The corporate media is starting to get the talking point out there. Why? Because they're preparing you for this. Story continues, quote, A couple of my corporate clients are leaning toward making the COVID vaccine mandatory, said Rogue Dunn, a Dallas labor and employment attorney. His clients range from companies in manufacturing to food and beverage industries that have been battered for months due to the pandemic and government-mandated lockdowns. 
A vaccine promises employers a return to some form of normal, which is desperately needed as business looks to recover profits. One of Dunn's clients in the restaurant sector thinks a compulsory inoculation requirement could be a game changer for business. Thank you for changing the game. Thank you for keeping me safe. Quote, they think it gives them a competitive advantage, explained Dunn. They could say to their customers, hey, our restaurant is safe. All of our employees have been vaccinated. (laughs) Don't they also say that the vaccine isn't good enough and we're going to have to continue wearing masks for the next 10 years, right? It may be in part a PR tactic, but Dunn said it is totally within an employer's rights to implement this kind of requirement. Quote, Under the law, an employer can force an employee to get vaccinated, and if they don't take it, fire them. You stupid foreign sons of bitches don't understand. That only happens in your country. You gave your fucking guns away. They try this shit here, we'll be marching on Washington. We got a constitution. We got the Second Amendment. Dorit Rees, a professor at the University of California Hastings College of Law, said that private businesses have pretty extensive rights. It's a private business. (laughs) (laughs) Requiring a vaccine is a health and safety work rule, and employers can do that. Take the healthcare system. Holy shit! Lady of Diamonds Gypsy with the Ninja Gini. Thank you, Lady of Diamonds Gypsy. Where did you steal the Ninja Gini? If only there was a word for forcing something into my body. Yes, I think it's called protection. We're protecting you. We're keeping you safe. (laughs) That's a great comment from Phil in the chat. Quote, pay no mind to your waiter's rectal bleeding and sores. He's COVID safe. Take the healthcare system. Dr. Hannah El Sali, who oversees a clinical trial for Moderna's vaccine candidate, believes hospitals could eventually make COVID inoculation a condition of employment, similar to how the annual influenza vaccine is required of all medical staff. How soon could this happen? When the FDA meets this week, they will decide whether to grant an emergency use authorization to Pfizer and BioNTech. It may seem like semantics, but an authorization is not the same thing as full approval. Quote, an emergency use authorization is not a license, said Reese. There's a legal question as to whether you can mandate an, obs- an emergency observation. The language in the act is somewhat unclear on that. Well, if there's unclear language, you can be damn sure that people are going to be trying to take advantage of it. And I'm sure... And I'm sure all of these uh, pharmaceutical companies who are now taking in billions of dollars of taxpayer money to eventually force the people paying for the vaccine to take it in order to justify the initial cost that they have handed over to the pharmaceutical companies, I'm sure this is all about keeping you safe. It's all about protecting you. Yep, sure of it. I think government corruption is a big problem, unless we're giving money to pharmaceutical companies. Then I trust the science. Then I trust the scientists to do the right thing. Thank you for keeping me safe.
Alright, where are we going to go from here? Oh yes, speaking on keeping you safe, ladies and gentlemen. This one was shared with me by Steph yesterday. Let's have a look here. The chief medical officer says Canadians who refuse vaccine won't have freedom to move around. Let's but have a will look. you, as the chief medical officer of health, in any way make some sort of mandatory uh, vaccination uh, recommendation? So similar to our, our all our immunization programs in the province of Ontario, um, and we have some special acts related to that, like the Immunization of School Pupils Act, etc. cetera, uh, we can't force someone to take a vaccine. Uh-huh. Uh, that's clear. And yep. because we want to make sure that people say they only but would want it. Mm-hmm. And we want to make sure we have all the information they need, yep. as well as all the safety information, yep. et cetera. So like we said, they're not going to, they don't have to force you to take the vaccine, but... Uh, what we can do is to say sometimes for access or ease in getting into certain settings, if you don't have vaccination, then you're not allowed into that setting without other protection and promote materials. Kind of getting sick of getting this shit right. I really, I really, genuinely am. I would like to be wrong. I think it was back in February or March when we were saying, no, they're just gonna, they'll, they'll say you don't have to take the vaccine, but if you want to go into the restaurants or catch public transport or get on a plane or go to work, then I'm sorry, you're going to have to take the vaccine. And at the time, all of these, you know, government, you know, hacks and shilly kinds of people who are just regurgitating government, you know, lines and government agendas. Uh, at the time, that was, that's ridiculous. That's never going to happen. It'll never happen here. Right? All the usual stuff. Coffee Talk with Sandra with the diamond. I would like you to be wrong. Me too. So at the time, they were saying, that's ridiculous. You're a conspiracy theorist. It'll never happen here. Stop going down rabbit holes. I was even getting called a Q-tard at some stage. I'm not even a Q guy. <laughs> Believe it or not. You know, all the usual shit. And then here we are. And do you remember one episode I said to you, this is basically what I've observed, how this goes. You'll say to people that this is happening, this is coming, this is what they're planning to do. And they'll say that you're crazy for saying it. They'll say that you're crazy for thinking it. Uh, stop being so negative. It's about protection, blah, 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 blah. And then what happens is when the thing you say actually comes true, the person that you're talking to will pretend like the previous time where you were saying it would come true never happened. And instead they instantly flip. They instantly flip on a dime and they start telling you why the thing you said would happen is actually a good thing. And they wanted it to happen all along. They'll just make up a whole new universe of realities for themselves. They'll just instantly, they'll instantly forget that they were saying, no, it'll never happen. And they'll say, no, this was always the plan. It's about protecting us. It's keeping us safe. Don't you think it's a good idea? They'll just turn their personality switches because they're broken program people. So. Oh, we can do other things. We don't have to make you take it. We're not forcing you to take the vaccine. We're just making sure... We don't have to force you to take the vaccine, but I'm afraid if you want to do anything, you'll have to take the vaccine. So what may be mandatory is proof 
uh, of immunization or vaccination with a proper product in order to have latitude and freedom to move around in certain, like to access into long-term care facilities or the hospital, different things, without wearing other types of form of uh, personal protective equipment, etc. Same as with school attendance, it may be much... Yeah, see, they keep using the hospital example. Most of us don't work at a hospital. You know that, right? Most of us do not work in the healthcare sector. See, because we're not talking about only forcing employees of the healthcare sector to get vaccinated. That's the point here. They keep referring to the healthcare sector. Oh, look, we've been doing it. We've been doing it to doctors and nurses for the last 50 years. Yes, I understand. It's a hospital. It's a fucking hospital. There are diseases literally attached to the fucking walls wherever you go. It's all, everybody in the building is sick. Okay? That dynamic does not apply to the local fucking Thai restaurant. A hospital is not a cafe. Even though some hospitals do have cafes. Right? So they're going to keep using the hospital example as a, as a means to kind of shame you into shame you into thinking that what they're doing isn't a radical idea. Hey, we've been doing this for years. What are you worried about? People who have been working in hospitals have had to put up with this for years and years and years. It's no different, but it is entirely different. Entirely different. We're talking about across the board here. It'll start in the hospitals. Of course it will. It'll start in the hospitals, and then they'll say, it was so successful in the hospitals, let's roll it out to the hospitality industry. And then they'll say, it was so uh, successful in the hospitality industry, let's roll it out into all office jobs. And then it's like, well, how many people have we got left? About 35% of the population? All right, let's do it to them too. So when they use this example of, oh, this is what happens in hospitals, just remember, yes, Hospitals are where you go if you're dying. You know, the reason, the only reason everybody is in a hospital is if they don't get care, if they don't get treatment for whatever they have, eventually it will kill them. <laughs> it might be quickly like a gunshot or it might be slowly like some kind of disease. But everybody's in a hospital to either die or attempt to stop dying. But they're going to keep saying, oh, well, the doctors and the nurses have been doing it. What's the difference? You just have to remember, there's a lot more. There's a lot of difference compared to a fucking vegan cafe on Main Street to an emergency room at a hospital. They're two very different places. And you don't have to work in a hospital either. If you don't want to take the vaccine, then I guess you don't have to work at the fucking hospital, right? That's a different, that's a different uh, situation from being told, if you don't want to take the vaccine, then you're not allowed to work at all. That's a different thing. You're not allowed to have a job at all if you don't take it. It's different. I can avoid working in a hospital. I don't feel like becoming a surgeon today, <laughs> right? I can avoid working in hospitals. I can't avoid working full stop. And they know that. They know that. So they're pushing everybody up between a rock and a hard place. Much like our other vaccines, uh, we haven't gone there yet, but we would make it mandatory for access in and sometimes being excluded if there's a risk or a hazard going on. So it's more of um, facility of movement and around that, not that someone is going to be forced to take it against their will. 
We don't see there's a need for that because... <laughs> We're not forcing people to take it against their will. We're just saying to them that they can't have a job, go to the restaurant, purchase food, or catch public transport unless they take it. <laughs> We're not forcing you. We're not forcing you. It's like if somebody puts a gun to your head and says, I want you to have sex with this fucking watermelon <laughs> And you're like, well, I don't want to have sex with the watermelon. You're like, I'm not making you have sex with the watermelon while you've got a gun to their head. I'm not forcing you. You don't have to do it. (laughs) Right? All I'm saying is, if you fuck the watermelon, then I won't put a bullet in the back of your head. Right? I'm not forcing you to fuck the watermelon, but if you don't fuck the watermelon, then I'm afraid I'm going to have to shoot you. We're not forcing you to get the vaccine. We're not forcing you. That's a terrible way to think of it. We would never do something like that. We're not allowed to do that. We're not forcing you to get the vaccine. But if you want to, you know, live a normal life, quote unquote, if you want to have a job and go places and leave your home, then I'm afraid you're going to have to, if you don't want to live in a cave like an Al-Qaeda terrorist, then I'm afraid you're going to have to take the vaccine. But we're not forcing you. We're not forcing you to do it. (laughs) Hypnagog in the chat. Happy birthday. It's not my birthday till Friday. Thank you, though. Thank you. All right, enough of that. Um, well, this looks like a fun one. I haven't watched this yet. 2.3 million people have watched this one. I haven't seen it yet. Apparently, a woman getting angry in traffic, which always amuses me. Let's have a look. I'm a fucking teacher. Good job. <laughs> Good job. I love how her wipers are going because she's so angry. So when she's throwing her arms out the car, right, she keeps hitting the wipers. <laughs> Look at that face. Oh, God. She's an angry elf. (laughs) So she keeps throwing her arms up in rage, but then accidentally hitting the wiper thing on the steering column. So the wipers keep going off. I also love it too. I love it when uh, chicks like this try to be intimidating by screaming at people. But they just don't... They don't have the voice for it. It's not like, fucking shut up, God. Like, it's not... If a guy screams in your face, it's going to be more intimidating. But when they do this, like, shrilly, like, I I would just laugh at her. (laughs) It's like, you're fucking crazy, bitch. (laughs) You're fucking crazy, mate. Well, exactly. What's wrong, sweetheart? (laughs) I'm a teacher. Good for you. Congratulations. Congratulations. Wiper blades going. Fuck you! I am a teacher. Should give her the keys to the city. Step aside, I'm a teacher. Step aside, I'm important. I'm important. I have things to say. I am a white woman who's also a government employee. I have things you need to know. Listen to me. 
you going, sweetheart? <laughs> look, at, look at the woman here. <laughs> I just noticed her. Look at the woman in the top left-hand side of the screen here, just fucking laughing at her. <laughs> God, look at this crazy bitch. We need that heavy metal guitarist. Yes, that's a good one. There is a lot of street noise, though, unfortunately, I think. No, see, it's a beautiful moment for her because it was in that moment that she realised that nobody cares what she thinks. Right? It was a, it's a beautiful mo it's a beautiful moment to grow. Like if she takes it the right way, if she looks at this with the right lens, and you know, when she's at home later that night drinking a glass of wine under her like live, laugh, love sign in her bath with the bubble bath, right? And her cat like purring next to her with a few candles lit, because that's that's the way that she needs to calm down. She needs that. She needs a. She needs time for herself, right? To heal. <laughs> so when she's soaking in the bath with the candles, and the fat cat sitting next to her, leaving hair all over the rug, drinking a drinking a glass of white wine, listening to some, uh, what's that guy with the really annoying wife, Tegan? What's listening to some John Legend, right? She'll be listening to John Legend in the bathtub. And when she's in that setting with the potpourri, you know, letting off scents in the background, rose petals and whatnot, when she's in that setting, she may pause for a moment and think to herself, wow, you know, this clip is going viral on YouTube. Everybody's laughing at me. I thought what I had to say was really important, you know? She might take that opportunity to say, wait a minute, am I not as important as I think I am? Do people not care what I say? Really? You mean, because I because I spend all day with 10-year-olds and they listen to me and they care what I think, does that mean that ordinary people on the street don't care what I think? She may, she may take that moment. I hope she does. It's an opportunity for her. <laughs> Sinister, Sinister Charlie in the chat says, she won't. She'll act like a victim. I suspect she's going up against the odds. She's got a mountain to overcome in order to take that self-reflective moment. I'm not sure that she will either, but one can only hope. All right, one more clip for tonight, ladies and gentlemen, from BBC News. BBC, as you know, the taxpayer-funded media corporation in the United Kingdom, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we started off tonight with why you shouldn't say nice things to a black family when they're in the pool at their five-star resort because that's racist. And now we come full circle and let's get educated by a white lesbian woman as to why uh, men need to do more for feminism. Let's have a look. So title that is a bit provocative, yes. Um, but also not that violent. By the way, she's the author of a book called I Hate Men. Good. See, this, like I, like I was saying before, I used to get into arguments and shit, you know, 
I think I think most people it's generally accepted that most people like kind of start libertarian and then end up becoming a fascist out of pure rage and frustration. I kind of went the other way. <laughs> I kind of started off way more hardcore and now I don't care because in my opinion like the daily boogie outlook on the world is we're all essentially doomed anyway, so you may as well laugh while the world burns. Right. So I kind of went further the other way. I still have my own personal views about things, but I just don't care enough anymore to talk to you about it, right? I don't, I'm not going to try and argue. I'm not going to engage with you on Twitter or in forums or anything like that. I'm just going to go, yeah, okay, whatever. I don't care. Chop your kid's dick off. What do I care? <laughs> you know, just don't come to me when he hates you. I don't care. I won't care about you cutting your, your child's genitals off if you don't come to me later and claim that it's my fault. How about that? Deal? I mean, you can. I'm not going to care, but whatever. <laughs> so here's another one, you know. Uh, she's written a book called I Hate Men. She's an angry lesbian activist. Like, we don't have enough of those already. Oh, way to, way to be original. And... Okay, that's fine. I actually appreciate this now. I appreciate her saying this because now I know that I don't have to try and like you. <laughs> if your outlook is I hate men, then I'm like, oh, good. Well, that saves us a lot of time then, doesn't it? All right, now fuck off, you cunt. <laughs> oh, you can't say that to work. Why are you still talking to me? You hate me. I don't care. Minister of Fun, Kimmy with the Diamond. I hate men and want to look just like one. <laughs> That, now, aren't you being very gender-specific there? Isn't that offensive? Isn't that offensive? Anyway, all right, let's have a look. That is a bit provocative, yes. Provocative. Um, but also not that violent, I think, because uh, when I wrote it, I was thinking that you can hate waking up in the morning, but you're not violent when you say that. It's just like waking up in the morning. Winning TV with a diamond, the glasses were a tell. I knew in two seconds. How many times have we pointed out this fucking idiosyncrasy? Right? How many times do we have to point it out? The glasses. But I just call it being free. All of all of them have the bold frame glasses. In the animal kingdom, this would be known as presenting. She is presenting, you know, she's been, she's doing the feminist, you know, the left wing equivalent of bending over a rock and spreading your, you know, vaginal entrance in order to, you know, let a scent waft through the woods to attract a partner. That's what she's doing with the bold frame glasses. That's what they're all doing. They're, they're signaling to the other people who think like them, hey, I'm one of you. Let's get together and mate. All of them, with the every every single time, with the bold frame glasses. I don't know who told them it was a good idea. But you may as well, you may as well get tattooed now on your forehead. You know, there's a, a world of difference between a man who's a rapist and a man who makes fun of girls' nights out. And you talk about girls' nights out in the book. I mean, how can you actually lump them all together? Ah, oh, so if a man makes fun of a girls' night out. Like, so if a man tells a joke about a woman, he's a rapist. Yes, 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 I love this. Joanne G with a diamond. I hated men before it was cool, but I'm over it now. <laughs> Thank you for joining us, Joey. I love this all men are rapists shit. 
Is it is it wrong when a feminist says to me, all men are rapists, is it wrong that it, I get hard? <laughs> so what does that mean? Is it wrong that I get an erection when a woman calls me a rapist? Oh, yeah. <laughs> is that part of the problem? I don't know. You tell me. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Let's keep going here. Yeah, I know that not every man is a rapist, but um, uh-huh. I but think that every man... I, I know not every man is a rapist, but... <laughs> but? What do you mean, but? I know not every person is a serial killer, but... I know not every man is a rapist, but... I know not every woman is annoying, but... (laughs) Ah, okay. I need to hear this but. That's a pretty big but to hang out there. Um, I think that every man benefits from this uh, misogynistic society and participates in Uh this uh, climate that women feel uh, oppressed by. (laughs) Fuck it. How long are they going to keep doing this? Society society is run by the vagina now. I don't know if you know this or not. What examples do you want? How about that like 80% of all advertising is geared towards women? That's the first thing, right? So it's actually the big corporations. So first of all, the big corporations funded the liberation movement in order to double the size of the workforce so they could depress wages, right? Once upon a time, the guy would work a a simple blue-collar job and have enough money to pay off a house, raise three kids, wife could stay at home with the kids and have a car as well. Now, to have one kid and a decent house, you need both the parents working and the kids staying at fucking daycare so they don't get that time with their parent like they used to. That's why the birth rate's going down in part. Right? What is it, like 60, 70% of all of the teachers from kindergarten till the time you finish school? Like 80, is it 85% of the teachers from kindergarten to the time you finish school are all women? So women are running the education system. Women are dominating the demographics for corporations on how they advertise and sell consumerism. Women vote more than men. Oh, this patriarchal society. I've got news for you, sweetheart. All of this bullshit. I said this to a feminist friend of mine once when she she was telling me about like how all of Hollywood and all of entertainment is geared towards misogyny. And I said, oh, okay, that's fine. Why did why was Fifty Shades of Grey the most popular movie this year? Huh? You know the movie where the girl uh, engages in borderline rape fantasies with a guy? There were women lined up out the fucking door for that movie. Not men. Men didn't fucking see it. Men didn't care about it. It was women. It was all about the women. Why is all entertainment geared towards men? It's not. That's a lie. It's an outward lie. Complete lie. So, I don't know. How long are we going to keep up with this fantasy that uh, society is run by men? It's not. It's not. 
you know, I hate to use the term, but it's the gynocracy. <laughs> Not every man is a rapist, but um, I think that every man benefits from this uh, misogynistic society and participates in this uh, climate that women feel uh, oppressed by. And a lot of time, um, men who think that they are well-intended and that, they do, that they're doing so well yeah. uh, for, for women and for the feminist struggle, they don't do enough. Ah, so the men who have good intentions, they're not doing enough for feminism. I don't think all men are rapists, but they should be helping feminists more. <laughs> You mean femi- You mean female success is only dependent on whether or not men allow it? <laughs> Why do I have to work for your success? Why? Why do I? Ha- Why is it my job to make your life easier? If I'm the, how can the oppressor at the same time be the solution? I don't understand. I think all men, uh, you know, benefit from this misogynistic society and men are not all men are rapists, but they need to do more to help feminism. I'm going to take a rain check on that, you bitter and twisted soulless cunt. Uh, (laughs) With that, ladies and gentlemen, that brings us to the end of tonight's broadcast. Thank you for joining us. By the way, quick little reminder on Friday night. Yes, Friday night the Daily Boogie Birthday Bash, 6pm. I'll be giving away uh, some prizes. We'll have some friends join us. Also, if you go to my Twitter timeline, uh, let me just grab the tweet for you. Let me grab the tweet. It's a free-for-all. So I used to do a free-for-all like once a week for years and haven't done one for a while. So here's the link to the tweet. If you want to send a clip or an article or whatever to do on the show on Friday, you choose. It's up to you. I don't care. You decide what you want to do on Friday. So if you if there's something you want us to watch or something you want us to read or something you want us to review on the show, go to my Twitter timeline, the pinned tweet at the top of the timeline and put the link in there and we'll do it on Friday. So with that, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us on this Friday night edition of the Daily Boogie Podcast. Don't forget to follow all of our friends at Real Person PLTCS, uh, at Wise Censored. You got the Kimmy Show. Don't forget Irrational Times Coffee Talk with Sandra coming up later tonight. Everybody's favorite lover of French women, Mersh, Way Dave with Lois Ropez, JJ Stoner, Sunday Night Shit Show, Joy of Pessy, Major Tom, Winning TV, Iceman Double Four Double Three, UK Neil, Mr. America, The Bearded Truth, and anyone else. Oh, and Victor Von Schroom, of course, and Victor Von Schroom. And anyone else I may have forgotten. Uh, I'll be back on Wednesday with another episode. Thank you to everybody who contributed on DLive and Streamlabs. Until Wednesday night, ladies and gentlemen, stay calm, stay rational. God bless, and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye.